0: Welcome to our Romans Bible study every Monday and Thursday morning at 8:30 a.m. Central Time. At least that's where we are now. We're about to finish the entirety of this book. Of Romans that we began back in March 2018 verse by verse all the way through this wonderful letter to the church in Rome and to you and me in these last days and uh, today we will be in that 16th chapter of Romans and again if you are watching this later uh, you can find us also on the YouTube channel Curtis Hutchinson 316 you can also find us, uh, these everything we do at Crossway Church on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, the church app, Crossway Church, and in an audio form on a Spreaker app that you just type our name in, Crossway Church, and there we'll be. And we praise God for the opportunity uh, to be ministering these Bible studies to you, uh, together with you, and uh, on two days a week, and I don't know where we're really going to go next. I'm seeking the Lord on that after we finish any time now, this 16th chapter of Romans. And again, let me encourage you, go back from the very beginning and just slowly walk your way through with the Lord through these Bible studies and you will find uh, you will find yourself walking with the Lord in a place uh, that is more intimate, and, and more just sacred to you than, than ever before. I believe that because it's one thing to say there's a scarlet thread that runs throughout the entirety of the scriptures. It's, a, it's another thing to walk through the scriptures verse by verse with that picture of Jesus, the living word of God, and what he did at Calvary, the shedding of that blood that makes God's word alive to us. It's an entirely different thing. And the life is in the blood, my friends. It's in the blood. And I'm thankful to know that today. Yes, we have the words of life, but without faith in that blood, not yesterday, not 40 years ago, today what we're trusting in is what Jesus did for us at Calvary because Moses in the Old Covenant in Exodus chapter 24, and I can't get away from this, he says, Behold the blood of the covenant. He didn't say, Behold the words of the covenant. Listen carefully. Exodus 24, verse 8. He says, After he sprinkled the altar with blood, sprinkles the people with blood. After the words of the covenant are read to the people, and the people say, Yes, we will obey. And Moses says, Behold, look at the blood of the of the covenant which I've made with you concerning all these words. Without faith in the blood, you don't, your faith is not right. Your faith can't just be in the words, it has to be in the blood concerning all the words. Of God. Hallelujah. That's so good to know in these last days when God is pouring out an increase of knowledge to those who are hungry for the truth of God's Word. Hallelujah. Woo! I happen to be one of them and I hope there's a lots more out there. Praise God. But today this is part 6 of Romans chapter 16 and On this, what day is today? The third day of December. Wow. And uh, just so excited to be here today. Don't forget to tune in on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. And presently we're teaching in the book of 2 Timothy. That's Friday mornings at 9 a.m. And you're welcome to be in the studio with us on Friday mornings. It's next door. Always glad to have folks show up and be with us on Friday mornings. Praise the Lord. One more thing before we dig into the Word this morning and that is we are not able to do these sessions Monday and Thursday live on YouTube until I get 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. We're 120, 125 away from that, so please do something, whatever you can, to share our YouTube channel and ask all your friends to just subscribe to it, whether they watch it or not, just to Help us publish the gospel, for that is what we preach. That is what we share, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is to where we point people to the gospel because that is where the power of God to save and to live saved only comes from, faith in the cross of Christ. So help us reach a 1,000 subscribers. Do your part. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Go there now while you're listening and subscribe, please. And share the YouTube channel and ask all your friends to at least subscribe so we can can, uh, stream live to YouTube using this Mevo technology that we have. Praise God. Thank you for your help in that matter. Here in the 16th chapter of Romans, as Paul is preparing to close this wonderful and most marvelous letter out, which is, by the way, the letter, the portion in your Bible, the portion of scriptures that teach us how to live for God. It's so important to know that you don't just get to choose how you will serve God. Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. You can rebel against this all you like, but until you know and understand to some degree how the cross pertains to your daily life today, through what Romans 6, 7, and 8 teach, you're not being discipled. You've never been discipled. And just because you became a believer does not mean you actually ever became a disciple. Jesus said in John 8, to those who the Bible says believed upon him. He says, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples. And then the truth, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And then in another place, he teaches that you cannot be his disciple if you don't take your cross up and follow him. Luke 14, 27. Luke 9, 23. If any man come after me, he must deny himself Take up his cross daily and follow me. See, the cross is not just a just exclusively an initial entrance into the kingdom through faith and what Jesus did at Calvary. It's your only avenue, child of God, of grace every single day. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to know that at least before I've lived all my Christian years and never known how to live for God. You don't just get to choose that. Recently someone said, well, you just live for God. But how? Do you just tell someone to live for God? That means that you make it sound like they get to choose just how to live for God. You don't get to choose how you live for God. You get to choose whether you will live for God or not. Once you hear the scriptural means as to how you will be found living for God. Can I lay something on the table today that is quite scary before we dig into this. Many of you have been brought out of dead works. You've been brought out of the attitude of you just live for God however you want to. You've been brought out of Objects of faith being the purpose-driven, the government of... Tw- you've been brought out of the words you speak now that you're telling God, you're commanding it. You've been brought out of all these witchy and voodoo things that feel the church today. You've been brought back to faith in grace, back to the object of faith, the only one God has given humanity, that being the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. You, you've been brought back to that faith. And we need need to be very careful to understand we've been brought back to a place where we are learning to live not as though we're back under law trusting in those things and many more that I just named but learning to live under grace. That means learning to live with our faith in Christ and Him crucified. For outside of that faith The sin nature governs and rules over me, dominates me. Romans chapter 6 verifies that. Without my faith in Romans chapter 7, without my faith in the cross, if I'm trusting in something else, I'm telling God there's a mixture and the cross really isn't quite enough. It was enough to save me, get me in the kingdom, but the cross of Christ is not enough. That work was not enough. That work of righteousness was not enough to give me strength and power and grace and provision every day of my life. I also now I need to... And we eliminate ourselves from grace when we do that. And we go back and we begin to commit spiritual adultery on the one we're married to now, Jesus Christ. But let me lay this on the table today before we dig in. It's a very scary and alarming thought. If the only way we can live in victory as Christians is through faith in the sacrifice of Christ... And then we understand that the only way we can serve God, be found serving God, that's not considered by God to be dead works. The only way we can serve God is the same way we live in victory. Now I'm not talking about we never fail, we never sin. I'm talking about we know the way of victory is the cross. We're trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. We're not trusting in these fads that have filled up the church church today. You and I have been brought out of that back to faith and grace, back to a focus of the cross, yet we still live in the flesh. So I'm not teaching sinless perfection. It doesn't exist on this side of glory. But if the only way that we live in victory through faith in the sacrifice of Christ, is the only way that we also can serve God, then that reveals to us that if I don't know how to live for God, if I've got the object of faith wrong for victory, then I'm not even serving God when I think I am. Let us be reminded of Abraham that the Bible says he, he didn't never stagger at the promise, but oh, he staggered at the way through which it would come. Did he not? Did he not listen to his wife Sarah who got her handmaiden Hagar and said, here, take my handmaiden. We've got we've to do this. We've got to have this promise, child. We've, we've got we've to help God. We've got to do this. We're, you know, God, you know. Abraham never staggered at the promise, but he most definitely staggered at the way through which God would bring the promise. It's in your Bible. You can't refute that. And I believe that's where the church has been in the entirety of its existence. And it's not that people haven't been saved. Oh, they surely have. We know what it's like to be saved and yet not know how to live in victory. We we know what it's like to be saved yet have some foolish mindset that when asked how do you live for God, you just say, well, you just live for God. Well, that's the most foolish thing you could ever tell someone. And and the reason Christians have to say that is because they don't know how to live for God. And that's what this letter teaches. This letter teaches you and me how to live for God. Not what to do, pray, fast, tithe, offerings, church, love, forgive, share the gospel, all the things the Bible is, tells us what to do, we're talking about how do you live for God. How do you live where the sin nature no longer dominates you because you surely as a child of God still have a sin nature that became dormant when you trusted in the work of Christ at Calvary But when we went to the purpose-driven, the sin nature was resurrected. The sin nature began to dominate again. If that can't happen, some of you listening probably, well, that don't happen. Then why did we need Romans chapter 6? It's not written to the lost. It's written to the saved who are struggling, don't know how to live saved. It's right here. It's in the Bible. It's in this letter. And as we come to a close in this letter. and We won't finish it today, obviously, but let's look at, let's start in verse 18. I always like to back up, scratch my feet, and take off real good. Verse 18 of Romans 16 says, For they that are such, and that means those who Paul has told us as the church to mark who are causing divisions and offenses because of <clears throat> their rebellion against the doctrine They've heard, they've been taught, they've learned. He says, They that are such serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, their own fleshly leading. And by good words, oh, the good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. And that word, simple, means innocent. Now watch. Because your obedience has come abroad unto all men. The report of your obedience, church in Rome, has come abroad to all men. What a testimony, praise God. And Paul says, I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise, oh, alert, paying attention, on guard, I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. What does he mean? They've got this great testimony that. their obedience, man, they're walking with the Lord. They're they're trusting in what Paul has written them that you live in victory through faith in the sacrifice of Christ because in God's eyes, that's the only obedience that exists. Oh, that needs to be talked about far more in the church by those who understand it, but 90% don't. Obedience is not... Obedience to God is not me going and doing something That is biblically correct. Obedience in God's eyes before any works, acts of obedience can take place is me being obedient unto God. And obedience, my friends, only takes place if I am obeying that form of doctrine that made me free from sin. See, we didn't become obedient to God when we started doing things We became obedient to God when we believed the gospel. That's in Romans chapter 6. The Bible there, Paul writes that you have obeyed that form of doctrine. Which form of doctrine? That made you free from sin, the message of the cross, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What he did at Calvary for your sins and, and made you a servant of righteousness. My goodness, I love talking about righteousness back to the point here your obedience has been reported among all men and I am so thankful and I am so glad on your behalf what a testimony but yet I want you to be wise listen I want you to be wise oh you've come back to faith and grace you've come back to the message of the cross but I want you to be wise Paul says unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And that word simple means innocent and unsuspecting. I want you to be wise. I want you to be on guard. I want you to be awake. I want you to pay attention, not to everyone else, but to your own heart. The book of Proverbs says, guard your heart, not mine. You can't guard mine. You can help me. You can provoke me unto love and good works and you can edify me by your faithfulness. And Hey, listen, but you can't guard my heart. And the book of Proverbs tells us to guard our hearts with all diligence for out of it comes the issues of our very life. Which means I can't blame you, you can't blame me. Even if I did something ugly to you, you can't blame me for what's proceeding out of your heart. Something I did to you is out here on the outside and it may have affected you, but how you respond comes out of your own heart based on your own will, your own object of faith. We need to remember that. So he tells them, man, you've got this great report, and I'm glad on your behalf, but yet, but yet, we've not arrived, we've not reached some place where we don't have to be on guard, where we don't have to continue to guard our hearts with all diligence. For listen, I've watched many through the last 16 years that we've preached this, 15 and a half at this point, <clears throat> who've stepped into this, tasted and saw how powerful and precious it is only to be pulled away but not by others. And we can't really blame false doctrine although all that exists. False teachers, false doctrine. It's our own hearts that deceive us because it's up to us to guard our own hearts diligently. Adam failed to guard the garden as he should have been. You and I as new creations in Christ are called to guard our hearts with all diligence because out of it, not what they did or said or think, but out of my own heart comes the issues of my life. You need to think about that. Let's, let's just look that. It's in Proverbs Let's look at this. See if I can find it. Can't find it. <clears throat> but it says in Proverbs to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it comes the issues of your life. Let's see. Proverbs 4 and 23, just keep digging, just keep uh, 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 digging, the Lord will give it to you. Proverbs 4 and 23, let's get there, just a Bible study, precious it is. Keep thy heart, means guard it, with all diligence for out of it come the issues of your life. That's an important statement for today's Bible study because you can't blame them. You can't blame them. Yes, they're false teachers. Yes, yes, they're, they're, they're false doctrine. And it is filling up the church today. It fills up the church today. And I'm not exaggerating. It fills the church today, false doctrine. You need to know that. The Bible doesn't tell us to deny them to be able to follow Jesus. Jesus said you're going to have to deny yourself of what? Believing them. You're going to have to mark them who are teaching that which is not according to what Paul taught as to how you're saved, as to how you live sanctified, saved, through faith in the cross alone, faith in the sacrifice of Christ alone, for the Holy Spirit only works through that avenue, Romans 8 two. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. See, there it is. And wh- which book of the Bible is that in? The book of Romans chapter 8. The Holy Spirit has now the legal right to move into the believer's heart, the legal right to work on their behalf if their faith is in the legal the legality, the justifying work of the cross of Jesus Christ. When we move to a fad today, even biblical things that our faith we say is in, but we're not trusting in the blood, the sacrifice of Christ, we move away from the one who called us into this marvelous grace. Galatians 1.6 tells us that. Need to pay attention. Oh, it's been reported that you've come back to the cross. It's been reported that your obedience, my goodness, is, is taking place. You're obedient in the eyes of God. You're not just doing things, but your faith that God calls obedience is right. But yet I would have you wise under that which is good and simple. Which is innocent and unsuspecting concerning evil, because evil always rides into the church on the back of that which is good. False doctrine comes riding in on that which is biblical, but it has a different twist on it, a different focus than the blood. Behold the blood of the covenant. Behold the blood of the covenant through which is the only object through which God has given humanity to be able to begin to see and to experience by faith in that precious blood everything God has for us. When we add to the blood, we eliminate ourselves from the life experience that comes through the blood. Again, let me bring Abraham up. He never staggered at the promise of God, but he staggered at how it would come to pass. And because he did, the world still suffers today because of that mistake with the Arab nations that exist because of what he and Sarah decided they would do to help God. God don't need my help. Let's just get it right today. God doesn't need anything. And some would say, oh, no, God needs you to do certain things. No, God doesn't need anything. We're the only ones that are needy, not God. You say, well, God needs me to get the gospel out. No, God desires you to do that. You're the one that needs to get the gospel out, Christian, because it's our mission to get the gospel out. Amen, Brother Curtis. Hallelujah. Paul says... I'm glad to be hearing about your obedience. It's being reported abroad to all men. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and innocent and unsuspecting, that which is simple concerning evil. Evil rides in. As I've said, we've watched people come on board, come back. God's been able to bring them out of all that false mess, just a melting pot where they've been trying to worship God, <coughs> where they've been hanging out pretty much for years in some church somewhere where it's not focused on the blood. And it is that bad, my friend. God's got us up, He brought us out, and He brought us back into the faith. Hallelujah. That He gave us in the born-again experience, that measure of faith that came through the righteousness of our God, 2 Peter 1 and 1. But He wants you to be on guard. He wants you to watch. He wants you to be wise concerning that which is good recognize that which is good it can only take place through the wisdom of God recognize that which is good be aware of that which is good but also be aware of that which is innocent and unsuspecting because it's not that which you think that would deceive you that will cause you to walk in deception it's those that you would never suspect it come from today there are those who preach this message once so powerfully and so strong and we're so determined not to know anything else but yet there's been a slacking, a backing down, a backing away because it's not the friend-making place. It's not the most popular. It's not the money-making place. It's not the message that's going to make money. It's not the message that's going to bring popularity. It's going to bring quite the opposite of all of that. Paul, at the end Of Paul's life and ministry, he writes to Timothy and he says, Timothy, you know that all those in Asia have forsaken me. They've turned away from me. I want you to think about that. This is the man who wouldn't let go of the blood-stained banner with all the distractions, all the things that said, Yes, Jesus, yes, the blood, but also Paul would always say, No, not also. If you move away from the cross, you've moved away from the one that called you into the marvelous grace. That's Galatians. Study the book of Galatians. You can find it on our website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can find it on the YouTube channel. You can find it out there. Study the book of Galatians. Our faithful Lord will never leave us or forsake us, but we're missing something that's right there in the Bible. We can remove ourselves from Him. We can fall from grace. We can walk in a place as though we're back married to the law, living under the dominion of the sin nature. That's learned in this book. People who disagree with that are bound at this very moment by the sin nature. They say, well, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not back out in the world drunk and doing all that I used to do. No, now you're bound with a spirit of pride. That's telling God the cross is not the only answer. I can do this and find victory. That's pride. Nothing works but the faith that saved you. The faith that saved you is the only faith that works. As I get ready to close, let me add this to this lesson today. You and I as the born-again children of God receive the gift of the measure of faith, Romans 12.3, that came through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 1 and 1. You were given the measure of faith, of this like precious faith. You were given the measure of faith, Romans 12.3 tells us, so that we wouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. That doesn't mean you hold your head up and your chest out and because you make the most money in town. You're better. No, that means that you're when you begin to trust in anything other than the cross of Christ, my friend, we've moved into a place where we're thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. God gave you that measure of faith when you trusted in what He did in His Son at Calvary. And when you mix that faith with something else, in something else, that faith no longer works. That faith, that measure of faith, which has been measured out, portioned out, of the faith of the Son of God that loves you and gave himself for you. Paul said, that's the faith we live by, Galatians 2.20. That's why when we put our faith in something other than that which allowed God to give us, to portion out of the faith of Jesus Christ this measure we have, it won't work. If you say it's working, you're lying to yourself. Biblically, it's not working. If we're not trusting in the cross and the cross of Christ alone, we're thinking more highly of ourselves even if we don't know it. He gave us the measure of faith to eliminate that foolishness. Come back to the cross No, it's not going to be the most popular thing. If you're looking for the most popular place where people are just going to agree with you or it's a melting pot where you can just believe whatever you want to as long as we get along, that's not unity. And if it is, it's not the unity of the faith of the Son of God and that's the unity that's got to be there. Amen? Amen. What a great broadcast. Well, we didn't get very far, but we got a long way. Hallelujah. At the same time, and we're just so thankful to be here. Join us. Monday morning again as we continue our walk through Romans chapter 16 at 8.30 a.m. Central time. I look forward to seeing you there, but again in the morning as well as every Friday morning at 9 a.m. cross time with Pastor Curtis, and in the morning we're still in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Join us, be with us, grab your Bibles, come on out to the studio. Doesn't matter what church you go to, just come and be with us in the studio on Friday mornings. Love to have you. Great time in the Lord. And uh, we just praise God for you. Pray for us as we're praying for you. We're believing God to build His army in these last days to have a great unity of the faith of the Son of God like never before. So into good ground where God is teaching you, blessing you, maturing you, and delivering you from all the false things that you've held dear for years. And now understanding you've got to let them go to come back to Calvary because at the cross is the end of all the things that are false. And you can, you can sow into this ministry and help us do what we're doing here at Crossway Church at the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can pull out your smartphone and text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you, we love you, and until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.